and welcome to uh, Speaking About Speaking. And here we are live. This is my fourth live. So thank you for being a guest on this fourth show, Ricky Locke. Thank you for being here, Ricky. Ricky, uh, speaker, magician, and CEO of The Confident Club. Yeah. So you are perfectly positioned, Ricky, to uh, help those listeners out there that need a bit more confidence around speaking, which is what this half an hour is all about. So tell us a little bit about your experience with the, with the Confident Club and how did that come about? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Hello, everybody. It's lovely to be live. Yeah. Lovely Yay. to be live. Um, stay tuned. We, we mentioned this, but you, you might see why this is quite important with speaking. So yeah. uh, not so a plug. I'm not sponsored here, I should say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So Confident Club. So um, so I work with Steve McDermott and Curly Uppington in the Confident Club. And we basically go around the uh, the country and uh, around the world, actually, to help like directors levels, teams uh, and open house as well for people to to come and join where you can run our, our workshop, which is the presentation mastery workshop, where we help people uh, unlock the uh, the skills of professional speakers to help them with their presentation skills. So but it's secretly uh, a little bit more Jackie, than just presentation skills. It's more about beliefs and helping people to become really confident people. And um, that was formed because of a, a podcast. So I reached out to uh, to Steve to get him onto the podcast. And then uh, we made a really great relationship together. And then we thought, Let, let's try something together. And then that's kind of spurred on this beautiful journey together where, um, yeah, we, we go around and we help inspire people to rewrite some of those limiting beliefs because most people believe that they uh, are terrible presenters because of past experiences and past references and uh, we help them rewrite those limiting beliefs and make them feel really awesome when they're presenting or speaking so yeah yeah, yeah. And, and actually you know exactly what I do is is when it comes down to it it's not always the physicality of how you use your voice and yeah. you know the technique technicalities of breath and all and projection and all of those it comes down to those limiting limiting beliefs a lot a lot of times doesn't it yeah so how yeah. did you then uh come across from being a magician <laughs> and into this kind of speaking world because you are a speaker yourself so what yeah. what was it that you and steve kind of concocted you know why i say concocted but why did <laughs> why did you why did this come to become a club you know that with you going into the companies as you do. Yeah, so Steve's been running the Confident Club for about 30 years now, and he's been uh, going around, you know, all over the world, and he was um, uh, Europe's most motivational um, speaker, but he's been going around all over the world um, running these Confident Club workshops. And um, I, I guess the thing that attracted me with the question of, obviously, with the speaking thing was that uh, I, I used to have a career that wasn't to do with um, speaking at all. It was it was in retail. Uh, for any listeners or anybody watching this live, if you've experienced a little tiny little uh, digital Argos store inside of Sainsbury's, the chances are me and my team were probably the ones that opened it. And uh, so what we did, we uh, we ran workshops and I was always passionate about personal development and customer experience and it was those workshops that um kind of spurred me on to think wow i think there's something magical about this that we can probably use and obviously near the end of that career when i got the opportunity to uh go full time and get made redundant mm -hmm. uh, i decided that yeah do you know what I i'm going to use this in terms of my speaking and that's kind of where the podcast was formed and all of those lessons of my career and my life started to then use into 
my speaking and uh, basically just sharing stories about me. Uh, as you all know, Jackie, the podcast that we shared, um, I have this. I used to have this belief about the P word about being bad luck. So I share lots of funny stories, anecdotes, and I also get loads of people on the podcast who share how they unlock the best version themselves. And those lessons is then what I use to then become a speaker and then share those lessons on on stage. And I guess really that was the um, the catalyst really of going full time, of uh, following our passion and uh, yeah, filling my cup. And it was, um, yeah, created from that really. That's what can I do here that I really enjoy? I love personal development. Let's invest some time into it, create a podcast. And then, oh, actually, there's some really cool things here that we can then use to create stories or to create powerful messages that can inspire audiences and that's what led to me going hey i want to be a speaker yeah and then obviously the next step then is to go going on going on to help other people in speaking so why did you think that was important why do you think it's important that people learn how to speak confidently yeah i think that we we probably are underestimating uh, our stories. You know, a lot of people that I meet just think that they're just normal, average people, but actually they have some of the best stories in the world. And, you know, what we do with the Confident Club is that we we kind of unravel some of those stories, like as something as simple as, um, you know, I'm going to shout out to Damien Ryan if he's watching this. He had a great story recently just about him as a wee lad in Ireland, and uh, he was learning to how to pour a pint of Guinness and it was a fantastic story. And it was only about like a five to 10 minute presentation, but it was so engaging and captivating. And I think quite often most people think that they haven't got anything of value to add. But what we can do is we can show you how like the power of a metaphor, like something like the Guinness, you know, pouring a Guinness can actually translate into maybe a business message. And, and the way that that helps people is that rather than just saying, hey, look at this. 24 page PowerPoint presentation about how I'm going to add X amount of money onto your bottom line. Actually, we could teach people to use that story like the the pouring of the Guinness with a powerful message about that could be to do with resilience or to, you know, being cheeky as a wee lad trying to find out how to, you know, be with the grownups, whatever it might be. And I think that the reason that it's so powerful is that I think that just for for me and, and you, you know, we kind of experience that flow state when we're on stage that we really love connecting with our audiences and you can feel it when there's something that's just so powerful that you you see the audience you see those light bulbs go on and that that's very um infectious but i just think that everybody has a story to share and we should get it out more you know and that's what we do with the conference club we can help people become more confident presenters or speakers and share their messages because we all love stories and actually stories are really powerful of connecting and uh, yeah. why not? Why not add yeah. more stories and presentations? Yeah. Well, you know, you're obviously preaching to the converted here, but I mean, that's what I was going to say is, is how does it, how can you relate a story like pouring Guinness as a kid to a business message? Because a lot yeah. of, uh, of clients and people that I speak to and work with don't quite understand what, why stories are important when you're yeah. talking to an audience, especially if you're, if you're sharing data or if you've got, you know, an engineering problem that, or, you know, something, or you're selling or, or you know, something that you wouldn't imagine should yeah. relate or could relate to an engaging story. But, but how, how yeah. do you explain that to the, to the audiences that you'd stand in front of? I just think that generically people think that presentations, they've got this belief that a presentation is I'm going to be standing up in front of a screen doing this, 
looking and referring to bullet points, you know, death by, you know, oh, I think Paul McGee once said to me that it's not like, t- uh, it's not death by PowerPoint, it's torture by PowerPoint. <laughs> and I just think that actually we can connect to our audiences and build more rapport by using the power of a story or a metaphor. Like a great example, like, um, so, so one I used recently was uh, I had a great opportunity to go into uh, the NHS to share a story. It was for Wellbeing Week. And I used this big prop of a road close sign. And it was to share my story about how everything just, I won't swear, but everything just disappeared for me in 2020. Literally, you know, I got made redundant, went to go full time. It all disappeared because if you, you might remember, Jackie, something called covid maybe might remember something like yeah, that maybe long, who knows a long time ago now ricky long time ago that's right yeah so um but i use that as a powerful message but actually there's a choice that we can make here and, and the choice that i was trying to share with them on that message was there's a funny story about um all the road closes that the road closures that happen in my life but actually what i've learned from me is that we all have a choice so we can't often control what actually happens but we can control how we feel and it was a great, powerful message to say what we can take away from this in this well-being week is that crap happens that's not in our control. But what we can do is choose how we respond to it. And actually, there's something quite magical uh, in the unknown and uncertainty. And it's exactly the same with business messages using great props. You know, um, I had a great opportunity uh, a couple of weeks ago to to go to feature space with the Confident Club. And Howard, uh, he, he came on and uh, he, he brought on a, a plank of wood which was great, just a bit of curiosity. And it was just all about him making his uh, outdoor kitchen. And it was great because it added that curiosity and he was able to then translate that into the business message. I can't for the life of me now remember what it was, but it was really fun. And it was just a a nicer way of actually connecting rather than just going, hi, my name's Ricky. I'm going to share with you this today. You know, why not just make it fun and exciting? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, that's it. And we, we both know that fabulous Maya Angelou quote, which is basically people won't necessarily remember what you say, but they will remember how you make them feel. And so yeah. whether that's through humor or whether it's through a personal story or something that's going to validate whatever's going on in your audience's life, there might be some one person in the audience that will take something to, to heart that you've said, that will take something yeah. and, and, and go away from that conversation, having heard you speak and be motivated, inspired, whatever that is. But uh, yeah, definitely. But yeah. yeah. It's all I about mean, connecting. Just, absolutely. I just wanted to sort of, you know, if anybody's out there and wants, uh, wants to ask a question, it's fabulous to have anybody here. If you're watching the replay, then do, do add comments um, and we will, we'll get back to you certainly. But if you're out there listening, then please uh, interact, give show us your comments. That would be, that would be fabulous. So Ricky, you're in London at the moment. Um, yeah. You have a confident club tomorrow. So what's on the agenda for tomorrow? What sort, what sort of things can yeah. you share in a, in a session? Well, we're going to keep it a secret because uh, I can't reveal too much. But um, yeah, it's it's for a client um, that um, I can't really say anything really, actually. It's oh, a okay. secret. Yeah, but um, it'll be fun. And uh, a bit like what we, we covered, really, there'll be lots of rewriting beliefs and getting people to uh, give them some master beliefs. We have four master beliefs to help them with their confidence and get them to rewrite those beliefs of are they good presenters or are they not? And we will help them show that actually you are amazing presenters. And then we're going to help them, yeah, use stuff like props, use stuff like um, uh, curiosity to really bring in some great attention. So, uh, it, yeah, I can't really say too much, um, 
but it's going to be really fun. I can say oh, that. Oh, fabulous, yeah. fabulous. Well, we've got um, we've got Sneha from India. Hello from India. Hi, thank you for joining us. Lovely to see. You. If you've got any questions, do do ask. Uh, well, tell us then um, about the the magic or the calling the caterpillar in the jar. Is that, <laughs> yeah, that's, is that a secret or is, can you well, tell us it, that? It's actually a really delicious treat, um, and I, I've got this from home. I bought this for my wife. Uh, I got one each because it's her birthday on Friday, and we've got her the Colin the caterpillar cake. Um, she knows about it by the way, so it's no surprise. But these are delicious. Uh, I'm not sponsored by MS at all, but if they want to, they they can. Um, but this is just a great idea about adding curiosity. So um, if I was to walk on a stage and just bring this on and just hold it in my hand like this, everyone's going to go, what on earth is he doing? What, what, what's, why has he got that? And if I don't pay attention to it and I just start like the presentation, but maybe refer to it every now and then, there adds that element of curiosity. So the reason that I'm kind of sharing this is about thinking as a tip for uh, all speakers or presenters. One of the greatest things that, that, that Steve inspired me to think about was the beginning and the end of your talk or your presentation is the most important. But what can you do to bring on a bit of curiosity? So if you can have like um, the budget for a prop, then obviously make a prop like me the other week. I use that huge, big road close sign. Uh, I've often done magic tricks at my talks to kind of grab people's attention like that. And there's just a nice tip here about adding some curiosity. If people have never seen this before and I walk onto a stage just holding this, they're going to go, what on earth is that? Or what is he doing? And then I could use this maybe as a metaphor about how, do you know what? Some things in life are so beautiful, so delicious, so tasty. And sometimes, you know, um, we have to compact it this small. But what if we was to open it up and make it into something so magical? That was just me like yeah. off the cuff there. But as an example, it'd be nice just to see if we can add more curiosity rather than the generic, hello, hi, my name's Ricky. I am a doctor. I am an accountant. And today I'm going to share with you why you need to do that. Yeah, Doing something like that just adds a little more of an element that will be remembered. Yeah. Okay, I can't really remember what, what he said, but he came on with this really cool thing. He came yeah. on this big road close sign. And then the, the reason that I say that is because it, it, in my example with that recent talk, it, it formed an anchor. Because I, I ran onto the stage with it, I plonk it down and everybody's obviously looking at it because I was referring to it throughout about the, the choices. At the end, there's this great example of referring back to it. But it became such a powerful anchor that when people then went home, obviously they're going to see that road close sign and that's going to then anchor them to think about Ricky. And it did. This this lovely woman, um, she came up to me with tears in her eyes and she resonated with my story. And she says, Ricky, I've got to tell you, your talk was so powerful that that resonated with everything I did. I lost my job in 2020 and it was, it was like hell. And every now and time I look at one of those that reminds me I need to make a choice. So thank you for reminding me. And I gave her a hug and, you know, it was this beautiful moment. I thought, yeah. brilliant. Why can't we do more of yeah. that in our presentations to make yeah. it more fun? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that is the, the, the gift that, you know, of, of speaking and engaging people with stories. And this is the reason why your stories might not feel important to you, but they absolutely can validate somebody else's story. So I think it's so important, you know, if you really dig deep, find your own stories, your own experiences that have really something that's made a difference in your life made you think differently and then and put it out there see if somebody else can can you know find something in that that they can really resonate with i think that's really important totally I, yeah totally. 
Yeah. I, I love the idea of uh, of the big beginning as well, you know, coming on and and really sparking some curiosity because I think that, you know, is so important because that's that's what as you say, that's what engages people, that's what makes them think. Yeah. So it's and and again bringing it back to that's that prop or whatever it is at the end. So you kind of I, I love the journey through a talk. I think everybody should really kind of have a look of their at uh, their presentation as a journey. What journey are you taking the audience on? Yeah, Brilliant. definitely. Yeah. So what is the best advice that you were ever given as a speaker? <laughs> I, I think that my favorite tip is uh, what, what Steve inspired me with. I, I get very excited and very animated when I'm on stage. And I think because uh, I'm a performer, I'm quite used to, you know, like jazz hands, you know, let's put that stuff out there, that kind of thing. Um, so I get too excited sometimes. So I have, I, I speed up quite quickly. And as we know, everybody in the audience, they might not be maybe um, an, an auditory learner. Uh, they might be more visual or, or kinesthetic. So that might not appeal to them. So um, two tips, I guess I'll give you two tips here, Jackie, for free. Here we go. Two tips. So thinking about whatever you do in your presentation, about how you make that combine everything. So going back to my example, big road close sign is a visual prop. Visual learners, people who are stimulated by a, a visual response, that's going to automatically connect with them. If I was to have some sort of sounds, um, that would then connect with the auditory learners. And then obviously the last thing is the kinesthetic thing about using language, such as could you imagine how I felt when I lost my job or when I saw that? You know, so using that is a great thing. The main tip that I was going to share with you, what Steve says to me, because I get so excited, is, um, is, is to pause, is to just slow down and just pause. A lot of people are quite conscious about ums and ahs. You know, they, they, they worry, they'll watch themselves on camera and go, oh, my God, I said um 20, 30 different times. Now, in my opinion, I, I don't think that that's a bad thing at all. I, I think ums and ahs are, are great because it's more natural. It's more organic. I really don't like seeing, uh, and I used to do it, the, the real slick presentations, which just looks so corporate. You know, it looks like a robot could do it. And I think that if you're slipping ums and ahs out, that's great because that shows that you, you're there, you're passionate, you're thinking on your feet and it slips out. But a lot of people are concerned about it or are conscious. So the biggest thing would be to just pause, slow down and just close your mouth. Yeah. So the next time you're doing a presentation or if you're speaking, if you close your mouth and I don't mean it to be like, you know, let's not exaggerate like this. But just when you finish a sentence, just close your mouth. And that will then stop ums and ahs kind of slipping out because it gives your brain a little bit more time to start thinking about what you need to say. But you can use that power of that pause to really accentuate a certain point. So like we said earlier on that, that famous quote, Maya Angelou, I used to use it at the start of my presentation with a magic trick. Oh, this really cool magic trick, which is uh, a card that you you shake and then it turns into like a silver watch. It's really powerful. And I'd, I'd time it perfectly on the people won't remember what you said. They won't remember what you did. And that's when the, the trick would happen. And then obviously once it appears, I said, people will always remember what you um, the, the last bit. But right at the end of that, that pause, you could easily use that as an example of people won't remember what you said pause they will people see i can't remember i'm so excited people won't remember what you said <laughs> they won't remember what you did but they will never forget how you made them feel 
Yeah. So just using a bit of a you know slowdown, it helps to embed you know a powerful message, and it allows your brain to just catch up. So go slow. Pause. Close your mouth. And it will give you time to think. And if if you watch some of the, like the best speakers in the world, TED Talkers, there's moments of pause where it might just be that they're you know they're embedding a powerful message to the audience. Or it might just be that they're just thinking about what they need to say next, you yeah. know, so just stick a pause in there. Yeah. Um, most people find it very uncomfortable, you know, silent, oh my God, I've got to feel the silence. I've got to do something. I've got to talk, but actually it's, it's one of the most powerful things, you know, um, we, we, we role model um, Barack Obama quite a lot. You know, Barack is fantastic at the power of a pause. So that, that's one of the greatest tips we would say. Yeah. Absolutely. Use a pause. Totally agree. Totally agree. And that's why the, the power of a pause. And quite often, as you say, people just feel the need to fill the space with, you know, they can't cope with the silence. They think somehow a silence is that it means that they're not doing the right thing. But yeah, it's it's powerful. And it gives your audience time to really take in the message that you're that you're delivering. So it kind of lets yeah. whatever it is that you say, it lets it land, give yeah. them a moment and then continue. And yeah, it, it certainly helps your brain catch up with your mouth quite often. Yeah. So tell me, what do you think makes a good speaker good and a bad speaker suck? Oh, that's, that's such a good question. I love that word as well. Great. Yeah. I think um, the, the best speakers are the ones that connect to your audience. Um, I just did it on there. Ooh. One of my favorite videos is uh, a TED talk. Forgive me for the name. I can't remember it now, but we were currently using this as an example in, in an NLP study group where um, he basically comes on for about five minutes and doesn't talk about anything. There is nothing he talks about. Of course he talks, but he uses just examples of speakers and it's so great. You know, he, he, he implies like uh, who here's ever heard of a question before. And it's just that there's nothing in the talk. It's so fantastic. And the, the real kicker at the end is that he talks about what he, he's basically just saying. He's kind of taking the mickey out of speakers, really, but just showing you that actually we probably waffle so lot, you know, so much. And at the end of the talk, he takes his glasses off and there's no frames in the glasses. And it's just yeah. it's, it's fantastic. But it's really funny. But I, I think the the best speakers are the ones that connect to you, you know, to the audience with universal experiences of things that people, you know, resonate with. Great example is obviously comedians. They do this all the time. Michael McIntyre, you know, talk about the washing. Um, Argos was a great example. He used to use about Argos. Oh, Ricky, you've frozen. You've frozen Argos. <coughs> oh, I'm back, Jackie. Uh, yes, you're now back. The, the Wi-Fi had a cut out there. <laughs> um, yeah, universal experiences like Michael McIntyre, he says in Argos and stuff like that. Um, it, it's about what are experiences that we can all connect with, you know, pouring a pint, uh, going to the pub. You know, we as Brits as well, especially have like great moments that happen to us that we can connect with. And I think this is the, the real key thing is about using a story that connects that's what makes a really good speaker using something that people will resonate with and it's relative yeah. the opposite side to that of what makes a speaker suck which i love that that's a really good question i think 
it's the speakers that don't understand what the audience is wanting. I've been to loads of talks before where they don't understand the brief of what what's the purpose of the, you know, the, if it's um, a conference or something like that, and the message isn't getting communicated and um, they really need to make sure what the actual, you know, point of that talk is all about. And the point of that with that is, you know, if they use too many, it's all about me. It has to be about the audience, you know, so what can you do and what's the message that will connect with the audiences. And sometimes I've seen it where people just don't understand and they'll go off in this story and you think, what on earth has this got to do with why we're here today? So I think it's it's really about knowing your audience uh, and that's what makes people suck, I think, if they don't understand who the audience is and how what they're going to be sharing on stage will connect yeah. and make them do something. So it's really about doing your research. Um, you know, you can't just rock up. Well, I, I guess if you're an established speaker that, you know, doesn't need to do research, they can just rock up because they've, you know, they've got the keynote, whatever. Yeah. I still think it's really important to know your audience and know what, you know, is the outcome. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That's one of my top tips is is make sure you know your audience, make sure you know why you're there, what is your yeah. brief, what are you being asked to do, and actually find that out. And I think that that helps in uh, with people's nerves in lots of ways is to, to realize that actually it's not about you. You know, you may be the person on the stage, but it's a two-way interaction, even though your audience are not being um, encouraged to join in yeah <laughs> you know unless they start heckling you which is not, not good, but, <laughs> yeah but actually it's it should kind of be it feel like a dialogue feel like a conversation so it, it's not just you speaking at the audience yeah saying look at me this is what I've got to say it's about you know th those sort of open-ended questions and actually involving the audience and connecting with them on on their level you know exactly yeah. why are they there why should they care about yeah. what it is that you're saying so I think that's incredibly important brilliant well if there are any questions anybody out there that would like to ask something we will sort of wrap up in a in a few minutes here um so who is your favorite speaker <laughs> Well, I, I would probably say Steve, but um, he, he hears that all the time. So I'm not going to say it today. Um, I, I love Steve's humor. Um, I, I, can I give a couple, Jackie? Can I be cheeky? Yeah, go on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I love Jeff Ram. Jeff Ram's brilliant at what he does. Um, again, uses the power of stories to connect with his audience. Uh, Paul McGee, great. Uh, I love that straight talking. Um, I think um, the, the, the speakers that probably uh, are like quite on the high level, famous level, Jordan B. Peterson, um, I don't often believe, you know, and agree with everything he says, but I think he's a fantastic communicator. He obviously ruffles quite a lot of feathers, but he's very emotive and he he brings out a lot of emotion in the audience that makes people connect with him. So he's very good. Um, bit of charisma there, but sometimes, you know, you assume that he's just not got a lot of energy in him, but he doesn't need to display that. The opposite side to that would be having someone that's like real high energy, like Tony Robbins, that kind of thing, who I now know, obviously, from my studies in NLP, he's using a lot of NLP to connect with his audience. My, my last speaker, I think, which I, I think is one of my favorite TED Talks of all time, and it's Tim Urban's, the um, the procrastination TED Talk. Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, just the whole universal experience he talks about Um being at university, staying up all night, drinking energy drinks, trying to cram in his last minute revision. We've all been there. So we all connect to it. 
and he's so funny and he uses the power of pause really, really well. But it's one of my favorite talks because it's quite a long talk. And I think the middle of the talk probably could be shortened down, but there's so many key moments that you can easily remember. And that's one of the, I think the powerful things of being a speaker is what can you do that makes you stand out from everyone else and becomes memorable. So yeah, Tim Urban, love that one. Yeah, brilliant. Well, that's, that's just sort of made me wonder then how, if you've got a, a, a speaking geek coming up, you've been given a brief, how do you start preparing? What's your, what's your kind of, what's your sort of way in? Yeah, I think um, the, the trick is to work out what's the ending message, you know, so what's the main outcome? So once you've got your brief from your audience, what's the main outcome of maybe the message? So for my last example, it was three powerful ideas that will help people control how they feel and then, you know, decide how to respond to life's opportunities and events, then kind of you then start just modulizing things. So for me, I use like the podcast as a great example. There's obviously almost, um, you know, 100 episodes. So I can, you know, go through like a file and think, well, that would work quite well. That would work quite well. And then I mind map the whole of my presentation. So that's how I remember it. I don't, you know, revise by going through pages and pages of notes. I'll start drawing pictures and colors and loads of different imageries to remember what it is that I need to present. But quite often it's it's usually about three things. You know, most audiences will tend to remember like two or three things. So um, the, one of the key things there for me is, well, what are the main three things that I can get? And for me, like um, one of my favorite things is to, to use a belief example. So you do this really fun thing, magic trick with this belief table. Then I did this thing about the old, um, if, you, if anybody remembers in the 90s, what would Jesus do? The old kind of bands. I talk about this idea of what would Ricky do? So what would the best version of yourself do? And then the last thing is uh, an idea based on the Truman Show. That's my three main core things. And then I think, well, what could then, how could that then connect to what's the message of the day? But definitely start with the end in mind of what's the main image, uh, sorry, the main message that I can get people to think about. And then what would I like to add into that? That would be fun. That's going to connect to that. And then just mind map all of it. Yeah. And then start thinking, what can I then use all those toolbox and things that we've got in our toolbox to then create a powerful yeah. presentation? Yeah. Fabulous. Fabulous. It's exactly what I do, actually. Mind map. It's my thing. If I'm working with anybody else on their talk, that's how we do it. That's how we, we shape it. That's how we, you know, get that journey. Yeah. Take the audience on that journey. We find those stories. And also with the visuals is is finding the, the visuals that illustrate the point that yes. don't actually do the job for you. They are just there to, as you say, for those visual learners that, that yeah. take it in. So, so yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, thank you, anybody out there that's listening. If you're if you're uh, watching on the replay, then please leave a comment. We would still love to, to hear your comments. Ricky, this is uh, your your email, um, your website for Ricky Locke, and, and people can find more or less everything there, can't they? They can yeah. access yeah. The, the podcast. Yeah. And here, if you want to know any more about the Confident Club, that's yeah. where you can find them too. So good luck for tomorrow. Hope it all goes well. I hope they uh, they they get to enjoy the uh, Colin the Caterpillar in a jar. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you all for listening and uh, we'll see you next time on uh, Speaking About Speaking. Thanks, Bye. Jackie. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. 
If you like what you heard, then please leave a five-star review on whichever platform you're on. And if you'd like to receive information about future guests or would like to know more about Power to Speak coaching, then sign up for our fortnightly newsletter at powertospeak.co.uk. Bye for now.